I've been preaching a series of messages at my church on the terminology of salvation. I believe we are fixing to see a generation that has never went to church. Um, and if you think about it, lots of times we preach, we say words that are in the Bible, or we say words that are theological words, and the Lord dealt with my heart recently on, do they, do they even know what we're saying? Are we assuming they know certain things? And we did that because we had a generation that was raised in church, or at least heard preaching some in their life. But we're fixing to get a generation that has never heard preaching. And so we've done a series of messages, and uh, through that, the Lord showed me something here in Luke chapter 15. I had a a young girl in my church that struggled a lot about doubting her salvation. She was raised in church. When she got saved, she didn't ever go live, as far as I know, out in the sin uh, as I did when... Uh, before I got saved. And so I saw a, a big difference in my life. And she didn't see that big difference, if you would, in her life. And so she struggled so long uh, with that. So I prayed the Lord to give me a message that would help her or anybody else who was that way. And that's what we're looking at uh, tonight. And so I don't know if there's anybody here, I don't know nobody but the preacher so if you hear and you struggle that way, maybe this will be a blessing to you and a help to you tonight. Notice your Bible here. We'll start reading in verse 11. Of course, I realize if you've been in church any length of time, you've probably heard many, many messages right here. And Jesus here was uh, given a parable. And we know a parable is an earthly example taken to give a spiritual application. And so in verse 11, he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me a portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Notice that. He divided unto them. No doubt it was the younger and the older. Verse 13, And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would have fain to have filled his belly with us that the swine did eat. And, and when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And before thee am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. I want you to notice two places tonight. 
I want you to notice in verse 12 where the younger son comes to his father and says two words, give me. But we notice down uh, in, uh, in verse 19, the Bible, I mean, notice in verse 19, and am no more worthy to be called thy son, make me. Before he left, he said, give me. But when he got down in the hog pen and he got right with God, now something has changed. He's saying, now make me. I want to look at that a little while tonight. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We could come to the throne of grace. And Lord, I pray that you would help me tonight. Lord, I sure want to preach what you've given me to preach, Lord, with clarity. Lord, most of all, I need the anointing of the sweet Holy Spirit of God. Lord, I pray that you let me preach in your power. I just mouth peace for thee, Lord. I pray that you speak through me tonight. Lord, most of all, I want to thank you for saving me. Thank you for those here saved tonight. Lord, it could be somebody here has never trusted you as personal Lord and Savior. Tonight would be the night, Lord, they get saved. That would be wonderful, Lord. And Lord, we'd be careful to thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want us to notice here in chapter 15, at which I believe that we see three different examples of salvation. Now, I realize you hear some people preach that uh, this, younger, this, younger, uh, this younger son was uh, in a backslid condition. I, I, I'd be all right. I'm not going to fuss over somebody preaching it that way. But uh, if you kept it in context, uh, we notice in verses 1 through 6, we see a lost sheep. And we see when the sheep uh, was found in verse 7, he said unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one, notice this, over one sinner that repenteth more than ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. So not only we see the lost sheep, but in verses 8 through 10, we also see a lost corn. Now we see the woman swept diligently until she found that corn. And notice in verse 10 again, Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. And so we see our Lord was teaching repentance and salvation. I believe with all my heart, and we'll look in a few minutes, repentance is one of the most important parts of salvation. And so I want to say to you now, as we divide tonight these couple of words or places that we're going to look, I sure don't want to be mis, uh, misunderstood tonight and say you got a one, two, three uh, step salvation. I believe what I'm preaching tonight happens the moment you trust Jesus Christ with all your heart. Amen. And so I want us to notice, not only we see a lost sheep and a lost corn, but we see no no doubt, a lost son. Now I want us to notice a couple of things uh, about this lost son. I want you to notice first his selfishness concerning in sin or living in sin. Notice in verse 12, he, te- he tells his father, Give me the portion that falleth to me. And he divided them his living. 
So we see here, no doubt, this boy had uh, got in a rebellious state and and uh, and went to his father. He didn't want to be anymore, uh, probably under the authority of his father or though in that household. And so he come to his father, and he knew he would get an inheritance, and he knew that if he went into the far country, he was going to need money in the far country. And so he asked his father. Matter of fact, he didn't asked him, he told him, we see the state here. He didn't say, can you give me? He said, give me the portion that cometh to me. And so we see his selfishness of his heart. Now I want to say to you, I believe with all my heart, when a person's lost, uh, no doubt they're self-centered. Amen. Now I want to say to you, we can be saved and be self-centered also. So I don't want to be misunderstood here. But I want to see the preacher cover that this morning when he was talking about fulfilling the flesh. Outstanding message this morning. Amen. I, I, but we notice here that uh, he, he asked his father for that portion of goods. And so we see the selfishness that was in his heart. And so we not only see the selfishness, but we also, he had a season of sin that he wanted to live in his life. Notice verse 13, if you would. And I'm trying to get somewhere to preach. Notice in verse 13, and not many days after the younger son gathered all together, and took his country and took his journey into a far country, and there, notice your Bible, and there wasted his, his substance. How did he waste his money? How did he waste his substance? The Bible tells us with riotous living. If you look that word up, riotous living. It means uncontrolled, unbridled sin. He was living uh, in that far country. No doubt he was fulfilling something that he could not do in his father's house. And so when he got down in that far country, he just, uh, listen, let the flesh have rule. And he lived in sin. And that sin was going to carry him farther than he wanted to go. I want you all to pray for my son. I got a son that's in deep sin tonight. And I want to say to you, I asked and desire your prayers, but he's living in sin. He's living a life, trying to fulfill a life of sin that he has never, never experienced before in his life. And he's going deeper and deeper, just like uh, this son here. And so we see he wasted it all with riotous living. So now here he is. He's in a far country. How can he take care of himself? Well, he looks for a job. And we see in verse 15, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And that, as you have uh, heard preaching on this many times, and if you study this, that's one of the worst jobs, matter of fact, a Jew would not have. And so we see here that he ended up taking care of the hogs. Now, I was raised a dairy farmer, but my daddy did have hogs. We raised hogs so we could have 
uh, food in the winter and put it up. And so uh, I can remember going and getting them hogs and, and put them in the skull box and, and then uh, help cutting them up and stuff. And, and so this boy was down in a hog pen. Now, uh, I can remember this much about the hog pen. It stunk very bad. Amen. This world stinks very bad. It reeks sin. It's getting worse and worse. We can even see it trying to creep in our churches today. And I want to say to you, I told my church the other day when I was preaching, I told them, I said, we are an emergency room for the lost. I said, they don't don't know how to talk. They don't know what to say. They don't... They don't know how to dress and, and we're not worried about all that. We're worried about their soul. And, and listen, when they come through the doors, I told them I welcome them in and, and let us preach to them and let them experience the power of God in the service and, and they get born again and get saved. Amen. And the Lord will clean them up. Amen. Amen. And so we see here that this boy wasted his substance righteous living. Then he got the worst job that he could get and, and it caused him to go deeper into sin. Notice verse 16. And he would have feigned to have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. Now, I don't know about you. I never ate hog feed. Amen. I never have. Now, I have tried a salt block one time walking through the pasture, bringing the cows in. I said, man, them cows like that salt. Let me try a little bit of that. So I know what a salt block tastes like. But I don't know. I don't know what a hog feet tastes like. But this boy got so bad that he started eating what the hogs was fed. But it brought him to a place. Now all that we just read, all that we just looked at, God was allowing this boy to get to a place that he would listen. Now, I want to say to you, it's interesting to me. I love to hear how different people, how they got saved. Now, if you're saved, we all got saved the same way through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. But it's interesting to me how God got our, all our attention different. Amen brought us to a place he could deal with a heart. Some people's place was a was a hospital bed. And some people's place was uh, at work. Some people's place was out there in the woods hunting or somewhere. I mean, it's all different places that the Lord uh, deal with a heart, brought us to a place that we listen to him. I got to say through work which was an amazing thing. And uh, I, had a, I had a manager that, uh, he was a godly deacon in the church. He lived for the Lord. And they made him manager. Well, he had a heart for my soul. He asked me and my wife, he said, would y'all start coming to Sunday school? Well, he was raised there in the area I was raised in where we were living, and he was still going to church there, and he invited us. Who in their right mind? Would not go with the boss man. The church say amen right there. I had different motives at the time. 
but the Lord had other motives. Amen. So me and my wife started going to Sunday school. All I can remember is he taught on salvation every single time we went to Sunday school. i never forget, it won't long, we had a preacher that worked with us. I work on electric forklifts. And uh, I'll never forget, I was in the shop working and, and he brought a preacher to work right beside me. And he come in one day and he said, I want you and the other preacher, he said, I want y'all to go out to a customer and, and uh, he's, I want you to start being out on the road and be a mechanic. So I want you to go out with him on this call. I said, I'd be glad to. And we got to going up the road. That preacher looked over at me. He said, Robert, if you die today, do you know why you'd spend eternity? I started giving him that hope soul or that good person, I call it, uh, spiel and trying to tell him that I tried to do the best I can. And he quoted Ephesians 2, 8, 9 to me. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I'm glad he left me alone after then because he allowed the Holy Spirit of God to deal with my heart. He quoted that verse, and that all, that's all he did, preacher. We went and worked on that forklift. All I could think that night when I got home was not of works. That verse started dealing with my heart. And then he came, my boss come to me. I always told them they were teaming up on me. My manager come in, he said, we're going to carry the youth to a youth, a youth rally. He said, would you come, you and your wife come and help us with the young people. Again, I'd said, well, anybody in their right mind wouldn't go with the manager. He asked you to go somewhere. I got there on that Friday night. The sweet Holy Spirit of God started bringing that verse back up to me. And one of the young people got up and gave the testimony. And I said, that's what I want right there. And I got up that night and went to the altar and prayed with that preacher but I want to say to you with all my heart, I believe the Lord saved me from somewhere from back there to that altar. Amen. Because I had peace after we got through praying. I had peace in my heart that I had never felt before. We left there on that. We left there and me and my wife was going up Main Street, going back home. And I looked over her. I was so excited, you know. And I looked at her. I said, honey, I got saved. She won't save. She didn't understand. She said, that's good. I said, no, you don't understand. See, I was trying to explain something to her she had never experienced. That's a very hard thing to do, ain't it? And so it was a long uh, couple of weeks and she saw that my life was totally different and God dealt with my heart and I, I was doing things that I won't doing no more and I was wanting to do things I had never done before. And two weeks later, she pulled on the side of the road and asked the Lord to save her on the way home from work. I want to say to you, don't make it complicated. Amen. That girl that got the doubt in her salvation in church, I, I'd meet with a preacher. We'd have the power of God move in the service and then, and then we'd had to, I had to go in there and talk to her again. And, and every time the Holy Ghost moved in the service, I could see it come over her. And, and, and we'd go in there and, and, and I'd talk to her again. But when I took this right here and showed her, very simple, what God does in the heart 
Notice here, and I'll be done. Notice in verse 17. We're going to see repentance. We're going to see lordship right here. Now, stay with me. Notice verse 17. And when he came to himself, notice that. That is a picture of conviction. We were never saw ourselves lost unless we were convicted by the Holy Spirit of God. No one has ever been saved outside of conviction of the Holy Spirit. He will always make us realize that we are sinners. That is His ministry, is to convict sinners. It is His ministry, and when we get saved, to teach us and guide us through the Word of God. In John chapter 16, verse 7, the Bible said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Notice what Jesus said. Is it expedient for you that I go away? For if I go not away, notice this, the comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, this is what he'll do. He will prove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. A sin because they believe not on me. And so we see here that this boy got down in the hog pen and notice he didn't see this until he got down in the hog pen when he had nobody else. He got to a place, he had no home, he had no help, and he had no hope. But he did have hope. He just didn't realize it. Amen. And so he was down in that hog pen where the Lord could deal with him. And what did the Lord do? Open his eyes and make him realize that he was a sinner. Made him think about the Father's house. Made him think about those times in that house. He made him think about, no doubt, what his father had taught him and what he had been around. I believe with all my heart, any person that's been to church any time in their life, and they go out into the world and they're not saved, they are never, never, never forget those messages. They are never, never forget the times when the Holy Ghost dealt with their heart. And so we see conviction in this boy's life. Notice also in verse 17, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. Now notice verse 18. So we see conviction, but now we're going to see repentance. What's very interesting here, this boy has not left the hog pen yet. He is still right there in the same place. He has come to himself now. He is thinking about what he's been taught all his life. But he has not made a move out of the hog pen yet. He says in verse 18, this is, have you ever said, I'm going to do this, you're kind of thinking this in your mind, but you ain't done it yet? That's exactly what this boy was doing. When he came to himself, he got to thinking about the father's house. But in verse 18, he said, I'll rise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. So he's saying this right there in the hog pen. 
I'm going to step out of here and I'm going to go to the Father's house and I'm going to get right with my Father. Amen. And so I want to say he was still in the hog pen. That's when repentance takes place. Amen. It didn't take, it just took him making a step out of there. But the Lord was already dealing with his heart. He's already thinking about what he's going to do. He has said now what he's going to do. And now all he's got to do is move. Now notice verse 19, if you would. He said, I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Now he's still saying what he's going to tell his father. It's interesting though to me, church. His attitude of his heart is changing. Notice back in 12, he said, give me. He didn't say, can you give me? He said, give me. We find when he got down in the hog pen, when he had no friends no more, no help, and seemingly no hope, he started repenting. He started saying what he's going to do. And now he don't want to be a son. His heart, in his repentant heart, this is what he was saying. I know I was your son, but I just want to be one of the hired servants. All I want to do, I don't want to have the prestige of sonship. I'm not interested in climbing the ladder. All I want to do right here is serve you. Can you just make me one of the hired servants? That right there is a repentant heart. That is a repentant heart. Sorrow for sin bringeth repentance. Now, hold on a minute. That ain't the end of the story. Verse 20. Notice the next three words. And he arose. And he arose and came to his father. He made a step that direction. I believe that's what it takes. It takes conviction and repentance and a part of that repentance is making a step toward the right direction and that's Jesus amen Oliver Green I used to love Oliver hear Oliver Green preach on the radio and he, he always used the illustration of repentance he's a soldier marching in one direction and then he does about face and turns to the Lord Jesus Christ and that's what repentance is turning from sin and turning to the Savior for salvation amen It's repenting is an attitude of the heart, if you will, towards God. Now, hold on. So he arose and he stepped out. He went to his father, just as he just said he would. Verse 20. But when he was yet a great way off, notice this. His father saw him, had compassion, ran fell on his neck and kissed him. Verse 21. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. He's saying it again. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. 
But notice the compassion of the Father. I know what his heart said. His heart said, I want to be a servant. And don't make lordship complicated. Jesus is Lord and always be Lord. When we get saved, we receive him as Lord of our life. You say, what does that mean? And I believe that people get confused right here. It's the same attitude of the heart. When I receive him as Lord, I am saying, I want to be a servant for thee. That's it. I want to be a servant under thy lordship. I want to say some people uh, will make that more complicated than it is. uh, And I believe in lordship and repentance. uh, And I believe if you get saved, you're going to have to repent. And you're going to have to receive him as lord of your life. Uh, But I want to say to you, it is an attitude of the heart when you receive uh, Jesus Christ as personal savior. Amen. It ain't give me no more. It's Lord, make me. Make me what you want me to be. That's what happens when you receive him as Lord. Make me what you want me to be. But notice the Father and I'm done. Notice here. He asked for a servant to be a servant and not a son. But in verse 22, the Father said unto his servants... Bring forth the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Boy, I could preach there a while. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. I want you to notice His heart was to be a servant. But the father made him a son. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) I just done the word adoption at church. And that's exactly what the Lord did when he saved us. He adopted us into his family. He made us just like he did here. His son. Why did he do that? When he saw us, he convicted us, we repented, we trusted him as personal Lord and Savior, and he made us his son by saving our soul. Amen. So I want to say to you tonight, I want to ask you, if you're struggling with doubting your salvation, I want to ask you, what was the attitude of your heart? Simple as that. Don't tell me anything else, but look in your heart and say, did I want to serve him with all my heart? That's where it is. Amen. Amen. Preacher.